Hey guys, it's Teresa. And Kerrigan. Back again this week with Women Behind the Camera. This week we're going to be talking about If Beale Street Could Talk by Barry Jenkins. So let's just hop right into a little summary. In the early 1970s, Tish, the future wife of Alonzo, or Fani, Hunt, and daughter of devoted parents, faces great challenges when Fani is arrested for a crime he did not commit. Director Barry Jenkins based his story around prejudice and systemic racism in America and the justice system. So, I figure we should probably just get into what we liked about this movie. Yeah. Would you like to start? Sure. Why not? I'll start this time. I really liked the lighting of this movie. I thought there's this one scene while... Fonny and Tish are going to check out their new apartment, their well, their future home, and it's just kind of the skeleton of this building. And she, Tish is standing right in front of a window, and the light comes through her hair, and she just looks like like the sun. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful. I was like, they're really painting her as this really strong and independent main character, and you really get to see her character development throughout the movie through a series of flashbacks, and that moment just like really made it for me. Yeah, I also talked about how I really liked the um, the lighting in the movie. They, I specifically saw that they had used like warmer lighting when the two were together, and then the scenes where they're kind of more disconnected, like in the prisons, there's like stark, really cool lighting. So yeah, I really liked that. Really brought the two together. I also really liked how Tish narrated, like a female narrator, especially like. Uh, African-American female narrator, I feel like, is one that many people, especially at the time period, would consider, like, an untrustworthy narrator or something like that, but I really like how the story was all from her point of view. I think Tish also really proves herself as a trustworthy narrator. Like, if we look at some of the classic literature that we've read, we go into The Great Gatsby, where Nick, he tries to prove himself as this trusty narrator, and you don't really get that vibe from him. You're mm-hmm. kind of like, he has an obsession, it's this, it's that, but with Tish, it really felt natural, and it really felt like she was just, you know. Even with all the hardships she's going through, she talks about how beautiful the relationship is, and how beautiful her life is, even with how difficult everything is going, like, uh, how difficult everything is in her life. I love the transition of wardrobe from the late 60s to early 70s as we're kind of starting to see, like, really great color come into play. I didn't even pick that up. That's kind of good. It was great. The costuming was just fabulous. I mean, we know that the story takes place in the early 70s, so we're kind of seeing this transformation in the fashion industry at this point, and people are just wearing different stuff. Hair was great. Wardrobe was great. I really just felt this vibe of, like... You know, it kind of added to my idea that, like, Tish is the sun. She is the center of her Mm -hmm. universe. Yeah. And her wearing bright colors and, you know, all of these clothes that kind of just emulate her her nice aura and atmosphere that she gives off. Yeah, I definitely agree. I didn't even pick the up on that one. That's that's really good. I like that. Um, I I think Barry Jenkins did a really good job with distinguishing the flashbacks in this movie. I've seen a lot of movies where the flashbacks are just, I'm like, am I in the present or am I in the past? But he just did a great job, and I think that's because he established from the very beginning that Fonny's in jail. Instead of, like, having there be, like, 
oh, he's getting arrested. They got into that further into the movie in flashbacks. And I just think that was a really good setup to show us that, like, they are flashbacks. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I got you. (laughs) Um, I also, I think that the flashbacks were super great. And you kind of get that narration, so we get more of Tish's story in those flashbacks. I agree. And speaking of story, I loved the story. Oh, same. Just, like, this character arc that we got to see of Tish, we kind of get to see... Fonny's parents, and we get to see Tish's parents and how her mother would go to basically the ends of the earth to make her happy. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see kind of the opposite of that and the foil of Fonny's parents versus Tish's parents. Well, specifically Fonny's mother, yeah. who is devout in her religion and really just believes that this is not the way that their lives were meant to pan out. And mm-hmm. I just think the story was just such a beautiful part of this movie. Like, sometimes with Citizen Kane, which we had previously watched, the story was not what the what the audience really grasped onto the most. But for this, I think it was for me. And I love the representation here. I mean, we see it in the media, especially being in 2020, 2021. We see stories like this all the time, but I feel like in Hollywood, it's really not as represented. Like, seeing just stories that happen, that have happened dozens of times and they're just swept under the rug in real life like I just really like how they showed that to the world and to Hollywood especially yeah I mean for things that we didn't like about the movie for me going back on it I'm looking at my notes and I'm saying shots at some point were really dark Mm -hmm. but I think that there was real purpose behind that yeah it was made like the shots were really made to be dark because we're either you know going into a really intimate moment yeah or it's, like, a really dark moment for the characters. So mm-hmm. I think, even though I said it wasn't my favorite, I think I understand why they were there. Yeah. Definitely. And I can appreciate them. Yeah. I I really love this movie. I think the one thing that I would pick out that just wasn't, like, my favorite... Um, Barry Jenkins, I've seen Moonlight. It seems that he has a very specific way of ending his movies that are kind of, it's kind of cryptic, kind of doesn't give you that, like full feeling of, like, a happy ending isn't my favorite. I see why he does it, because it kind of, like, leaves you wanting more, definitely. And, you know, not everyone's stories are finished and, like, completed in a happy way, and you just kind of have to live with that, and I definitely think that's what he plays with when he does his endings. But personally, it's just, it's not my favorite, um, just to watch like just for entertainment value it's not my favorite but I definitely know why he does it yeah I think especially like I haven't seen Moonlight this is the first Barry Jenkins film I've ever watched Mm -hmm. at the ending um I was kind of questioning I was like why didn't he make it happy why didn't he do this why didn't he do that and then I was thinking about the reality of the situation and how especially in the 1970s they wouldn't have gotten their happy ending maybe even today they probably still wouldn't have gotten that happy ending so I think there's a real a real piece of realism there and it's it's really looking deep into the reality of the situation and while I would have loved to see a happy ending and like I kind of felt like he left the story open Mm -hmm. I also understand why he might have done that yeah so do we want to talk about a little critics ratings yeah let's talk about what other people had to say all right so Metacritic for this movie gave it a 87 percent Rotten Tomatoes a 95%, and IMDb gave it a 7.1 out of 10. It's pretty good scores there. Yeah, I'd say so. I think I'm a little bit surprised about the IMDb score. 
being significantly lower being than the others. Yeah. Very much significantly lower because you know if we if we bump that up to a big percentage, that'd be like a seventy one. Yeah. And I don't totally agree with that score. Mm-hmm. I think I would have been closer. Probably somewhere... Closer to Metacritic. Metacritic or, yeah. and in between Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. So do we want to wrap it up with some closing thoughts? Let's wrap it up with some closing thoughts. All right. I am going to go ahead and say I loved this movie. Oh, yeah. It was just such an easy... It was an, For a story with such hard themes to tackle, it was such an easy watch. Just a beautiful story overall. Barry Jenkins just outdid himself like it's just really a great movie i loved it yeah storytelling was fantastic i was engaged the whole time you wouldn't have known that the movie was like two hours long because it just didn't feel like that 100 percent. um i definitely think that this movie really hit the nail on the head just as far as story character development it was beautiful yeah i completely agree i'm quickly looking up the oscars that um, beale street could talk was nominated for I'm seeing three off the top of Google. Oh, wait. Quick shout out to Regina King. Oh, 100%. One of, like, the scene where she pulls off her wig mm. when she's going, was it to Mexico? Is Or are they in Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. And she's, like, you know, kind of struggling with her sense of self and mm-hmm. what she should be doing in that situation. Yeah. Like mother of the mother of the decade, mother of the month, mother the, of the year, the mother actresses, of everything. The actors, just the choice of everyone in this movie was so well thought out. Oh yes. Anyway, in 2019 at the Oscars, Best Supporting Actress went to Regina King in Beale Street Could Talk. They were also nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Original Score. Just wanted to drop that in there before we head on out. Yeah. All right, well, catch us next week when we talk about James Cameron and his Titanic. All right, see you guys next week. (laughs) 